welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host who didn't set up his mic. What are you talking about? <laughs> the uh, look of sheer I know, terror. Right? I was like, shit, I just set up my mic. <laughs> who is this idiot? Um... Mark Salcedo, uh, senior editor and writer, Skingy Dot. <laughs> he says Skingy Dot. I know Skingy Uh It's okay because if I were you and I mm. said that shit, I'd mm. be like, I speak like I likes. You speak like he likes. Mm. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm glad you. Do, I don't. I'm glad you don't speak like you spoke. <laughs> I speak like I speaks. <laughs> That starts to sound like Schmeagle after a while. I <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. I like how you cross your arms right now. I'm, comfort- I'm oh. comfortable. Okay. That's a very defensive thing. People cross their arms. It's a defensive mechanism. Yeah. Well, it can be defensive like you're pissing me off. Or it can be defensive like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not comfortable. So which one? Which one you're going through right now? The former or the latter? Second, okay. the latter. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you can email us at therealappeal@gmail.com. If you could, please review us anywhere you listen to us. Um, we would love that. And the segments for this week are our recent review of Magic Mike's Last Dance, Variety Time is franchises betrayed by their sequels. And our geriatric cinematic of Fame, which came out in 1980. Mark, <laughs> what's the terpic? So let me just go ahead and, and let people know who didn't listen to last week's episode that I didn't have a terpic. I, I completely forgot. Uh, so this one I'm about to say is Kelsey's creation. And I, I quite like it. <laughs> the terpic for this week is Dance the Night Away. Your dancing looks like shit in the daylight. <laughs> I very much, <coughs> I very much enjoy uh, that turban. Do you? Yeah. I couldn't uh, tell you were you were not laughing. Was I thought I was laughing? You were just laughing. Yes, you were. No, just... no, no, no. Like when I first read it, I thought I thought you heard me laughing. I did, but you know, ah. I couldn't assume that you were laughing at me. Oh yeah, <laughs> laughing at. I'm laughing with you, not at you. <laughs> um, you know what? You, I, I want to. I'm wrong. I want to bring this up. For our banter section, um, so you've been watching this show on. <laughs> I knew Nat you were going to talk I, yeah, about it. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> so you've been watching this show on Nat, Nat Geo, right? Uh-huh. And it's uh, what's the title of it? All, all I know is do- I know it as Doctor Pole, but what's what's the title of the the show? The Incredible Doctor Pole. The Incredible Doctor Pole. Uh, what's the show? It's a what is this show about? Uh, the show is about. A, well, it starts off with him being like 70, mm-hmm. a 70 year old vet mm-hmm. in Michigan who runs a clinic kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, him and his son, who is not a vet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, that's, that is not his uh, adoptive son, right? Yeah, it is his adoptive son. Mm-hmm. But um, so him and his son and 
like one or two other vets mm. they do like cats and dogs and stuff they also mm. go out to farm calls and like um do pregnancy checks or like fix a cow whose one of their stomachs got out of place mm -hmm. when you said when you said pregnancy check i was and you didn't include like animal or anything like that i'm like are, are they checking on the <laughs> the wives well just <laughs> just so you know <clears throat> the fact that i said he's a vet insinuates mm. Something? Unless you think that vets do, uh, you know, obstetrics in people. Well, you said vet. You could have met uh, a veteran, uh, a very entertaining terpic. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. Um, so, yeah. He... Um, does a lot of gross stuff, which I mm. highly enjoy when it's on and mm. Mark is watching it with me mm. because all I hear is, ew, <laughs> ew, ew, <laughs> gross. Um, where, where's, this, where's this guy from? He's like from Sweden, right? Or he's Danish or something like that? He's from <clears throat> uh, the Netherlands. The Netherlands, okay. And I want to bring that up because this guy has like a super thick accent, you know, that I... <laughs> That I try to impersonate and fail miserably every single time. Uh -huh. um, but the one that, that the, means you got to watch it more. No, <laughs> well, you know I probably will. <laughs> um, and you've been watching this. It seems like you've been watching this show almost nonstop. For, I mean, not not nonstop, but like every time I come over, um, you're watching an episode. Uh -huh. um, and you know, I sometimes I hang out here for hours you know and if we're not watching something or working on something you're just watching like what two three because they, they're like what hour-long episodes right no they're half hour okay so you're watching like four episodes of this show uh -huh. like roughly like three to four episodes um so i so i have to ask like why do you why do you watch the show so much um there's a couple reasons one mm -hmm. is because i've been working that fucking baby blanket forever oh okay and and i know there are good shows that i want to watch mm -hmm. but i can't pay attention to the show and crochet at the same time yeah so this is more of a background noise kind of i mean mm -hmm. but then the other thing is i really do like the show it's mm -hmm. not just background noise yeah it just doesn't require as much attention as yeah. watching an actual show would yeah how, how many seasons on this? i feel like this i feel like this show has gone on forever i think they have like 15 seasons mm. or more yeah um and so i really do like this show because um for those of you who haven't listened to us for very long or it's a new episode that you're listening to i my first full-time job was at a pig farm mm -hmm. and um you know where you would sacrifice baby pigs to the dark lord <laughs> <laughs> you know um it was my job to help pregnancies along when mm. they're you know they go into labor mm -hmm. i have to like you know stick my arm up inside and pull a pig out um <laughs> like a magic trick like Ta -da! <laughs> <laughs> there's that or like this mom had too many pigs and this one had very little so you like just grab a few out of this pet and put them in this one mm -hmm. just even out the numbers oh okay you know denutify the the boys Okay, for those who don't understand, what is what is? I mean, I feel like it's kind of self-explanatory. But what does denutify? Um, take out their nuts. Okay. <laughs> now, is it walnuts, peanuts, nuts, <laughs> cashew nuts? <laughs> um, 
you know. Stop. And that's what you do. You like you. So you actually were like taught how to like do this, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the method? Of, uh, okay. What's the method of doing this? I feel like I I feel like you told me this, and it's kind of simple, right? It is. You just grab them by their legs, uh-huh. and you like run a sharp blade along their balls. Yeah, I just twitch right and now, and then you just rip them out. But that's not how Doctor Pole does it. How does? <laughs> He, he does it in a more humane way. Well, it's not like how people's balls are or mm. like even like the cows or whatever. Uh. Where you have to like band them or like, mm. you know, like use stitches and stuff. Yeah. Um. Or no, I'm sorry. Their balls aren't outside their body. Oh, they're not outside their body? No. Okay. They're like inside. Okay. And so sometimes, and pigs are kind of prone to like uh, like hernias. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, if you take their nuts, mm-hmm. their intestines fall out too. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so the right way is to suture, mm-hmm. if you know, or to like make sure there's no issues. But obviously, mm-hmm. I was at a, a like a commercial pig farm. Yeah. So right? you had to, so you had to like denutify. So it's basically like, on a like conveyor belt like, kind of. Yeah. Like cut cut pull pull and uh, like give them an iron shot and an antibiotic okay. and cut their tails off and go fuck <laughs> i was 17 the right <laughs> the right age yeah the right age and and um uh you would later become a ball buster metaphorically <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> actually ruben would agree with you Oh, that's your ball buster. Pretty much. He's yeah. like, she keeps me in check because yeah. like, I'm fucking ragging on him every time he comes into the office. Yeah, you got to do that to me. Yeah. That means I like you. Um, so what? Like uh, another reason why I wanted to bring up the Dr. Pole, this, what's it called? The Incredible Dr. Pole, right? Uh-huh. All I know is like the Dr. Pole show. Like, Yeah, I, like, like uh, you know, Caesar Milan. You're like, who? I'm like, oh, Dog Whisperer? Yeah, dog like, whisper. I didn't know he had a name. What did you think his name was? <laughs> dog Whisperer. Dog Whisperer. <laughs> I was driver's license. Dog Whisperer. <laughs> um, no, but the, the, one of the reasons why I want to bring this up is, like you like you said uh, a bit earlier, is that I'll come, like, I'll come over and you're watching it. And most of the time, I'll walk in where, like, it's something grotesque that happens. Like a huge abscess or, like... Yeah, or, like, an animal being born or, like, something really intense that, like, they're doing. And and they're just kind of like, all right, just got to do this, do this, and voila. Like, it just seems like... It's like, just another Tuesday for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I always walk in going, ew, ew. But I can't turn away from, from it. <laughs> Like we'll be sitting on your couch, eating dinner, <laughs> and I'm like munching on like a steak, and I see like a, a what's it called? a cow ca- calf uh, being born. I'm like, yay! Slice, 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 chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> oh, you know, I think you saw a phototomy too. What's a fo- what's a phototomy? If you if you can't go as graphic, because I know some people might be like, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say it then. Oh, okay. Um, it's what they do when you can't get the calf out and they've been in there for a while and they're already passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what that is. <laughs> I know. See, I'm not even watching. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think another thing that I, I tend to follow up with the ew is I could never do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, straight up, like, city boy. Uh, and not because, like, I feel like, oh, animal rights or anything like that. I 
like whatever give me a burger or something like some type of chicken or whatever i'm fine with it right it's just the fact that like i would see it and just be like (laughs) just dry just dry even so much um that's funny because uh, i never thought of myself as a country girl mm -hmm. but i think i actually did grow up country yeah, because you grew up in the what Midwest, right, or more closely? You always the- see that Mid East, Northeast, the Northeast, Northeast. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The next time I bring it up, I'm gonna say Midwest. Yes, oh, yeah, you will. Yeah, uh, Northeast, yeah. Northeast, yeah. where it was all woods. Yeah. So it's kind of like the country. Mm-hmm. And then I went. I did high school in Pennsylvania, around all the cow farms, and yeah. that's where I worked at the pig farm. I. That's the thing. I feel like. Because in that area, like in the area you grew up in, I feel like you don't have a whole lot of opportunities for like um, uh, first time, uh, like when you entered like the workforce, you know, like some people might become like uh, someone working in a what's called like a fast food joint or I did that too. some type of like, you know, newspaper delivery. I don't think they I don't think they still do that. They do up where my mom lives right now. They still do um like store clerk that's pretty much what they've got yeah so like because like the the opportunities like i said are very slim i worked at a motel which was a bad idea for a 15 year old okay um and so like i would imagine that like you get this pig you you get this pig farm job and you're just like well i you know it's work Uh you know like i don't have a whole lot of choices it's work and you like get over that hump of like like when you started working there, did you were you like, oh, this is gross, or were you just like fucking? No, it was gross. Um, I would hate. My mom would come home because she she worked there first. That's how I ended up working there, mm-hmm. and she worked in the breeding department at the, at the same farm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would be like, this is gross. Mm-hmm. Like she would come home smelling like pig shit, uh-huh. and I was like, I don't think I can ever get past that smell. Yeah, um, and I'm. I, to that day, like, to this day, mm. couldn't ever really get used to it, but at least it got easier. Oh, okay. I get you. And I was so glad I didn't end up in the grower. Yeah. Which is, like, they have, like, different rooms for the pigs uh-huh. Um, when they're, like, the piglets. Mm. So they could keep them within, like, their size. Mm-hmm. And so the big ones won't be bullying the little ones. Yeah. But once you send them, to, you know, like, to the truck to be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have to go in with a uh, pressure washer. Okay. And I'm like, fuck no. Oh, to like clean up like all like yeah, the big shit. Yeah, you and have to basically really clean that room. Mm-hmm. And oh, and it's a room like no ventilation or or like little va- ventilation. I take it. No, that you have to ventilate those things really well. Uh-huh. Um, because pigs don't really sweat. Oh yeah. So yeah. they can't really regulate their own body temperatures. Okay. Um, but yeah, they would pressure wash those rooms mm-hmm. but it would just be shit flying everywhere mm-hmm. okay yeah that kind of that actually kind of reminds me of this one job i had i've had like a multitude of like different types of jobs and shit like that i had a job where um uh where i was picking up uh mail like it was like the company i worked for had like a mail service um so i would go to like these different locations and stuff like that and then one of them one of my stops um was also like i don't know why it was part of my job or anything like that but one of this uh job one of the jobs i went to was picking up sample water from like from like sewage uh-huh. and so i would have to walk into like this farm 
and go to the refrigerator that had like these bottles of like like shit water uh-huh. to be tested, right? And it stunk so fucking badly, right? Uh-huh. I had to like hold my like. Fortunately, it was just like walk in, take open the fridge, take the thing out, put it in a, in a cooler, and then walk back out. And you didn't have to like collect it yourself. No, I collected it myself. <laughs> oh, you mean like the the shit water itself? Yeah. No, no, I would just pick up the. But it stunk so bad uh. that I would walk in, have to hold my breath as long as I can, then like walk out, right? Um, but what happened was that I started getting used to the smell. I'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. And from I, from what I heard from other people and stuff like that, is if you start getting used to the smell, you have to start thinking about what you're going to do with yourself after, like as in job-wise, because then you won't be able to smell the stink. You might just be like, oh, okay, whatever, and just walk around, going to the store before you go home, and you just yeah. smell like like poop or anything like that. Yeah. Um, the smell is getting into the, the, you know, how the ends of your hair are really dry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even after taking a shower, it would stay. I went to the public pool. Ah. Uh, and you know being in the pool and stuff it was a little windy that day and i could start smelling it like coming out of my hair i was like oh that's embarrassing yeah just dip your head in chlorine for a little while (laughs) yeah so much better for your hair um and another thing i want to mention before we leave the segment is i have a (laughs) i have a tendency to do an impersonation (laughs) of dr paul are you gonna grace our ears with it uh no. Why not? You, no, gotta, okay. you gotta talk about Dr. Pole and his booty holes. Uh, <laughs> I, I won't say that because Come on. people might get too much of a visual of it and they're like, ugh. You know, they talked about poop. Now I can't do this anymore. Um, Come on. It's, it's 2023. Everyone talks about poop. I know, right? Uh, so yeah, my impersonation Dr. Pole goes as such. Oh, Dr. Pole. <laughs> Alright, what you got here is a cat. It's it's pretty sick, so I gotta check his booty hole <laughs> to make sure it's okay. I'm Dr. Pole, <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much like accurate. <laughs> yeah, definitely, that's very accurate. <laughs> um, all right, so enough of that. <laughs> all right, you want to get into our next segment? I wonder how uh, Lily James would do <laughs> a Dr. Pole impersonation. <laughs> Lily James and <laughs> as Dr. Paul I gotta check your body hole <laughs> that's it thank you thank you <laughs> alright what, what we got next next we're gonna do our recent review of Magic Mike's Last Dance what did you want before Miami I just wanted to escape my life. I need you. Do you like bartending? It's not really what I do. What is it that you really do? Me, but then you came along and gave me this unexpected, magical moment that made me remember who I really was. with me to London. Let's go. Why are you in London? I'm gonna put on a show at this famous theater. People are numb, disconnected. We're gonna wake them up with a wave of passion they've never felt before. Hell yeah. The synopsis is 
Mike takes to the stage again following a business deal that went bust, leaving him broke and taking bartender gigs in Florida. Mike heads to London with a wealthy socialite who lures him, him with an offer he can't refuse. Directed by Steven Soderbergh, it's written by Reed Carolyn, and it stars Salma Hayek, Channing Tatum, Jamelia George, Christopher Villiers, and Juliette Mutamed. 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 Uh-huh. That's a weird last name. Mutamed. Um, all right, so uh, Kelsey and I actually watched the uh, two previous Ma- Magic Mike films in preparation um, <clears throat> for this episode. Just, um, so just to let you know about that, mm-hmm. we're probably going to spoil those two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably spoil uh, the first two, the first two movies if you folks haven't seen uh, uh, the previous films. Um, which I I think is kind of I think it's kind of funny how I didn't even really and I like I like Steven Soderbergh, but I never was like oh, I'm gonna go check out Magic Mike the the first one and that's one of his films and it just never checked it out. Uh-huh. But I remember hearing that. Magic Mike is all right, but Magic Mike XXL is actually really is a really fun movie. Uh huh. And that wasn't directed by him. No, no, no. I I can't remember who the director's name. Um, it's in the trivia, actually. Uh. Gregory Jacobs. Gregory Jacobs. Yeah, he did the second one. Um. So this is so Magic Mike's Last Dance. It, it kind of. I feel like Sonnenberg, Steven Sonnenberg, who Soderberg. Had, sorry, Soderberg, uh, who said. That he was retiring from filmmaking, like maybe like five or ten years ago, uh-huh. but he keeps coming back and like making these movies like out of nowhere. Um, I feel like this one was like, all right, I started the I started this franchise. I want I want to be the one to end the franchise. And it, he did. Yeah. So Kelsey, what did you think about Magic Mike's Last Dance? Um, I hated it. Okay. Like not with a passion. Mm-hmm. Not like Dark Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> But definitely don't like this movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I would definitely agree with you. Um, I, I, did, I didn't like this movie at all. Um, and it sucks because, like, um, after watching XX, XXL, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I really want to, like, watch I want to watch the third movie. Because uh-huh. I, I remember when we watched it together, we had, like, a really good time watching it. It was, like, very charming. It was funny. Yeah, we watched it instead of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you watching the Super Bowl? No, we're watching Magic Mike. I know. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, mind you that we did we did stop to kind of watch the game here and there, but I remember we did stop for like thirty minutes so you can watch uh, Rihanna. R- yeah, Rihanna during the is it Rihanna or Rihanna? Rihanna. Rihanna during the uh, halftime show. Um, yeah, this movie Magic Mike's Last Dance. Oh wait, and she's she's preggers, you uh, know, so you know, um, Doctor Paul. <laughs> Go take her booty off. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Paul, you're looking in the wrong place. Well, I still got to check anyway. <laughs> shh. shh. <laughs> um, so what? So what did you not like about this movie? Um, <clears throat> it didn't seem to have a direction. Mm-hmm. This like it's funny. It's almost meta, right? Like mm. the film didn't have a direction, mm. but also Magic Mike. Didn't have direction. Yeah, Channing Tatum's character. Yeah, yeah, like he had no idea what the fuck he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sama Hayek's character, Maxandra Mendoza, mm-hmm. had no idea where she was going. Like she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. And like, yeah, her character kind of 
I, I, I used the wrong word last night after we watched it, but she kind of comes off more like manic. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, like, she has, well, you said bipolar, but manic is a bipolar. Um, I know, but what's, it's, it's, it's manic and bipolar, right? Or I feel like there's like different levels in like manic. Manic and depressive. Oh, okay. So you could be like manic depressive because oh, okay. like you're up and down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she like comes off, she comes off like that. It's weird. Like, like, it's the way how the trailer like starts it. It's just, she's like, you know, she has this moment. She has like this really uh, intimate moment with uh, the Mike character. Um, and that, like in the trailers, like that happens. And then like, she's like, oh, like, I see something great in this. We should like really pursue it and everything, you know. And for some of the movies, she does that. But a lot of times she's like angry or she's like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing like or she's talking over people and yeah. they can't tell her anything mm-hmm. and she's just kind of crazy yeah and then there are parts where she's like she's like you have to do it like this but she's not really explaining him like even enough detail to to mike to go like okay i see where you're going let's let's try that she's like it has to be passionate it has to be like a musical and beautiful and blah 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 but it's like just vague words everything is vague yeah yeah and so like um Shannon Tatum's character is just kind of like and he keeps doing this thing that's like all right I have a vision but he doesn't explain his vision at all well no first she started saying uh-huh. oh he has a vision yeah and he's kind of looking at her like what are you talking yeah, about I don't, I don't really have, have a vision yeah you're telling me yeah and then after a while, he's like, "Yeah, it's our vision." Like, yeah. When did when did they get a vision together? I I feel like the only time like that he was really working on a, on his vision um, is when he had like his notebook. He's like just scribbling down stuff. We never see what's in the notebook, but like clearly, like he's working on something. Uh-huh. Um, and then there are there are times where he's like talking to like the dancers that eventually get involved with like his vision, quote unquote. Um, but he like. Kind of just gives him like a general sense, sense too. Like you got to move your body like this. You got to turn like this. You got to be passionate like this. And it's nothing like this is what we want to say with with our. The only thing they say like the only thing they say at the beginning is like it's female empower, empowerment. But they never go into detail of like how they're gonna like go that route or anything right. like that. And it gets fucking frustrating. <laughs> Not just that, but mm-hmm. um, the dancing is completely different. Mm. It's like very glee to me. Yeah, that's just, yeah. You kept saying that. Last I'm like, night. yeah, this is a glee movie. This is not a magic Mike movie. Yeah, and that's what frustrated me too because mm. any of the dancing that he did that mm. was similar to what he did in the previous two movies mm-hmm. made me very uncomfortable. Okay, because it wasn't just dancing. It was very much like, oh, they're pretty much like fucking. Yeah, yeah, but there was like a level of like intimacy about it. It wasn't like it wasn't just like dry humping really fast or anything like that it was like let me kind of exp- not let me kind of but let me explore your body and show what it's and let me show you have a um let me have you have a good time some i mean like some that. of it was like that it mm. wasn't like fucking the whole time yeah. but there were times where i was like why are they doing that like why do i need to see that mm-hmm. i don't know because they're male strippers no <laughs> it wouldn't that's the thing it crossed the male stripper line mm-hmm. that's what bothered me about it oh, okay because it wasn't like 
It wasn't like how it wasn't before, where it was like, yeah, there's no connection, but let me show you a good time. Mm-hmm. This oh, time, you're talking about in the previous film? Yeah. Okay, like, okay, these gotcha. ones, it was just like, let's cross right over that oh, Mel okay, Stripper line. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. For, for Magic Mike's last dance. Right? Yeah. Okay, all right, I just want to clarify that, because I thought you were saying that about, like, the yeah, past two? two. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, all right. Um, yeah, and then, like, an, a, another problem I have with this movie is, like, um, there's, like, Oh, okay. Like, it, it, okay. So, like in in the previous Magic Mike movies, there's like this level of like creativity. There's like this high level creativity within like the dances and stuff like that, and the shows and shit like that, uh-huh. which I really enjoy. And they kind of like up the not kind of they up the ante in the second one in XXL, right? Mm-hmm. That I was like, oh shit, that's that looks like a spectacle. Like that looks creative as fuck. I like the music that goes with it. I like the performance that they're going with it. Mm-hmm. This one is like. Here's a stage. They're dressed up like this, and they're flipping all over the place like yeah. that. It's like a, like a what's it called? Like a uh, circus Olay kind of thing. Oh, Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, circus. Du, how you say? Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, it's just kind of like that, of just like flipping around, but like yeah. without the like artistry behind it. Or um, what's that show that um, Jennifer Lopez was? I guess she was like a a judge on. Or, like, there was that, the one where the Jabberwockies were... X-Factor? No, it wasn't X-Factor. It came out before that. Uh, American Idol? Uh-uh. Uh, oh, you think you're talented? Oh, no. So you think you can dance. So you think you can dance. Okay. Yeah. Um, it felt like that to me, yeah. too. And, and here's the thing, like... Like, it's it's like... if it If it was, like... If it was, like, a movie where... That's where their goal was to really like put a performance on like of of this type of like uh, type of performance. Cool. I would have been like, all right, you guys are obviously taken away from like the male stripper aspect. And you're trying to like make it something else, trying uh-huh. to elevate it, right? Yeah. But they like keep hammering out like this is a strip show. This is a male strip show and all that kind of stuff. And, and they couldn't like figure out if they wanted to be a male strip show or not because yeah. there are times where Mike was like. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then um, Max was like, no, I, that's too much. Like, I just want it to be more artsy. Yeah. Like, okay, so do you want male strippers or you don't? Like, <laughs> yeah. they couldn't figure it out. Um, um, okay, so let's just, let's kind of like focus in on certain things of it. Um, of the movie, uh, what did you think of... Uh, uh, Soderbergh's uh, directing. I didn't like it. It was mm. very disjointed. Mm. Um, not just disjointed, but also um, he couldn't make the like the scenes were disjointed, but all disjointed. But also the the actors were mm. like the characters were disjointed. Yeah. Um, he lacked vision. Mm-hmm. So and you can kind of tell he was like, okay, just want to end this franchise. So let's end the franchise. Like. Uh why (laughs) i i've heard a uh i've heard a take on this film of that the film uh magic mike or or the mike character specifically is more like a surrogate for soderbergh Uh because like i said soderbergh was this director who had to like prove himself as a bankable director as a art as a art field director and Uh stuff like that um and he did that like for years, right? Not for every movie, but it, people kept coming back to watch this movie. He was getting uh, paid, like he was getting like all these big deals and everything. And then like 
like like I said, one day he was just like, I retire. Like I don't like filmmaking anymore. The game has changed. Blah blah blah. blah right. But he, like I said, he 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 keeps coming back and making these movies, and they're not really bankable. Uh-huh. And they and people are are theorizing that he's just like, I just want to make these movies now. I don't really care if they make money or anything. I just want to like sh- say something, right? Uh-huh. And so that kind of goes into like Magic Mike's The Last Dance, where he's just like, I just want to direct this. Like, I just want to have fun with it and all that kind of stuff, which I think is understandable. You just want to like do something because like you love it, you love the story. You're just like, I just want to go with this, right? But when you're directing something and like you say, it's like disjointed, and it's like there's little to no entertainment behind it other than like flippity dippity kind of shit like that. <laughs> you kind of go like, well, what was the point of like making this movie other than I just wanted to make this? Exactly. Or like, I want my two hours back. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like, I didn't pay for the movie because I have. A Regal club card. Yeah, and you want your you want your money back from that. <laughs> yeah, of Regal Unlimited. Give me my free money back. I know, right? <laughs> or whatever portion of the twenty two dollars a month I pay. Yeah. Um. So. I so I I do have like, I have like two positive things to actually say about this movie. One, when it started, it seemed like it wanted to like have a commentary on like millennials about to hit their forties, uh-huh. and they're like still struggling they're still struggling they, they do these gig jobs they're like what am i gonna do like i i was i don't really have a clear path anymore i thought i had something but i'm just kind of like lost like i need i need a direction i need to go somewhere to like make me happy you know yeah. and i think i like i think i connected with that because of my own issues of what i'm where i'm going at now as somebody who's going to be turning like 39 soon i'm kind of like on this thing of like where am i going to go with this can i you can i utilize what i've done in the past like job wise and learn and like put it towards a career you know where there are people who are like they have a career and like a retirement set when they're like 30 mm-hmm. something like that um so i was able to like connect with that right um, um i can add something to that a little bit okay because um and this isn't a spoiler but mm. because it it shows it in the trailer yeah. um when he's bartending and that that girl is like oh i recognize you you were a cop right yeah yeah you can tell that she is maybe a little younger than him, mm. but like she married into like she. It seems like she married into success. Yeah, yeah, and that and that character, or uh, she was like engaged to be married. Yeah, and not only that, she was like. Uh, I think she said that she was like a she was in a law. F- I know she said she was in a law firm. I don't. I think she said she was like a paralegal, or she's like on the step. She's like stepping to like a level of like I'm going to be a lawyer or something. Right. Like so that. that they don't make money in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. See, and like that's that kind of goes back to the issues that I have, where like I see people who are younger than me who are like really on a like trajectory in their goals and stuff like that, and I have this thought of like, well, what did I do in my twenties that was helpful at all? You know. Like, maybe I just party too much or something like that, right? Uh-huh. So, I, like, a, you know, I didn't notice that until you pointed out, but now I'm like, oh, shit, I really connect with that, that first, <laughs> yeah. like, 10 or, like, that first, like, 10 or 15 minutes, right? And then there's that really intimate scene between Mike and, and Max where it's like, okay, this is, like, the magic Mike that we've seen in previous movies, right? Uh-huh. He, like, it's, like, he does his dance routine, but it's very artful. It's, like, passionate. You can see, like, he's very much in love with it right uh-huh. and then he he doesn't do it for like the most of the movie <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like 
what happened to that charm, dude? Like, what happened? To, like, you had, like, some type of idea where you were going. And, like, where is any of that? He, he lacked. The charm wasn't there most of the time. Uh-huh. He was, like, a... He was like a kid that you were, like a teenager that mm. you were dragging with you to church. Yeah, because he's he's very much like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, for someone who doesn't want to do this, you sure are going along with it without an issue. Like, he felt like he was inner sighing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, and and here's a, I think here's a good, decent comparison. It's like a movie where it's like a fish out of water. But it's like the most of the movie, it's like a fish out of water. Yeah. And at some point, you're just like, like, come on, dude. Like, you got to figure your shit out. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then another thing that I actually thought was really nice was uh, the and the big, uh, like, I don't say it's the end dance number, but it's the dance number with um, with Mike and another character. Uh-huh. And it involves, like, like, rain and water and stuff like that. And you see this in the trailer. And it's like, I thought it was actually really nice. Like, I really dug, like, the artfulness uh, about it. Um, however, I feel like it's always something Philadelphia did it better. Mm. There's a scene where one of the characters does this very artful, like, same dance sequence with, like, water and rain and shit like that. But he actually has something to say about it that's, like, genuine and not, like, let me go ahead and utilize stuff that happened with me and this other character to be like no like i I feel i feel something about you but i'm doing it i'm not doing it with you Mm -hmm. um where it's always sunny like one of the they do the character does this because he's coming out it's like very symbolic and shit like that Mm -hmm. so when i saw that and i thought of that episode it's always sunny philadelphia i was like yeah that show did it a whole lot better so you were saying that you thought it was really artful and everything when he was with that girl at the end of the movie Mm. And I felt the same way about that as I did at the beginning of the movie. Mm. Because it was just very much like, let me grab your ass. And like, mm. it just, to me, it was more sex than artful. Mm. And I think I know why now, after listening to you talk. Mm. Because in order for me, in order for it to be passionate and like, let me show you my feelings for you. Mm-hmm. You have to have time with those characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's just sex. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I feel, I think I feel un- a little uncomfortable with both of those dances. Oh, okay. Because if they had done it later mm. with Max and mm. him, that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. As opposed to like, yeah, let's just do this because, you know, we're hot for each other. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk a little bit about the writing uh, before we hop into the spoiler section. Uh, the writing is done by... Um, Reed Carolyn. Reed Carolyn. Um, let me see her password. Um, Reed Carolyn. Oh, I'm sorry. He. I'm sorry. Um, oh, boy. Like, I feel like that's a no name. Uh, and I don't... And it's one... See, that's the thing. You can either have a great script or a mm. bad one if it's one person. Okay. So... Reed Carolyn, um, he's actually written Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL. Oh, interesting. Um, let me make sure he's on screenplay. Oh, well, you know, it says written by. Normally that means. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So, like, this dude, like, if anything, I felt like his writing from Magic Mike to XXL was, seemed like it was getting better. Like, he was having a more understanding of the character and what this franchise is. Uh-huh. Um, and then, I don't know why, but by this, by the by last dance it's like he it like it's like dude like what happened 
like you were doing such a great job with the XSL. What? Why did you have no clear vision with this movie? You know what I think? Uh-huh. I think the studio was like, let's do another one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, sure, it's money. And Steven Soderbergh was like, sure, it's money. Mm. And I did the first one, so mm-hmm. why not? Mm. And Channing Tatum seemed like, yeah, it's money. Uh-huh. And so, like, you got this movie. Like, Channing Tatum, like we said, kind of yeah. seemed like he didn't want to be there most of the film. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Steven Soderbergh, like, already retired. Mm. So whatever. And then you got this writer who's like, yeah, I did the other two. Where else can I take it? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I'm getting money. So whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll add a little bit to that, or I'll kind of like shift a little bit is, um, I, I feel like Channing Tatum was very passionate about like the whole magic mic thing. Um, I believe he was like the, if I, if I remember correctly, he was like the, like the EP on the first one and he helped like self-finance the movie. Um, so I'm sure there's a little bit of like connect, not a little bit. I'm sure there's a much connection with the whole Magic Mike franchise. Like this is my baby, kind of like how Vin Diesel is like all about the Fast Furious movies. Um, and it seemed like it's weird. I I don't know what was uh, Soderbergh's thought on this, but uh, from what I read, he like came back because he felt like there was like another story to be told with the character. Um. Which I think is funny because the way how XXL ended, you could have just been like, that's that's the end of it. And they should have. Yeah, and they should have. They honestly should have. Because this one's just like, what the fuck were you trying to do with this movie? Well, also because the second one ended with like, it was almost like, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always like these movies with this big finale and like, mm-hmm. they win the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you follow that up? It was already on a bigger scale. Yeah. So... They tried something new and it failed. <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to add that, like, how you said, like, bringing it on. Like, it was like, it could have been, like, the ending of that. But, like, they did, like, what, six more of those movies? And they were all, like, direct to DVD or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like they that. were really bad. Yeah. Or, like, Stomp the Yard. Oh, yeah. I remember I remember Stomp the Yard was. No, no, what was that one? There was Stomp the Yard, but what was it? Drumline? There you oh, go. Oh, yeah, Drumline I, was really good. I remember Drumline being good and they did more of those movies and it just. It just wasn't the same. Yeah, you know, it was just like a shell of itself. Shell, sorry, shell, shell of itself. <laughs> like last dance. <laughs> um. All right. So you want to get into the uh, spoiler section? Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're gonna get to the spoiler section. We're gonna talk at great lengths about Magic Mike's last dance. So if you don't want to be spoiled, all right. Here's your spoiler bumper. Right about now. Like how I coughed and you looked at me. Weird. Yeah, well, because when you <laughs> cough, it was like, it was like, <laughs> it just it just sounded weird. Okay, <laughs> it was a regular cough. Oh. You just had the music on and the headphones on. Yeah, and that combination was like, <laughs> it's like that cat. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen it, there's a video I showed Kelsey where uh, there are two cats facing each other, and one cat goes meow, but he sounds like he says fight. <laughs> they start they start fighting. Fighting. <laughs> um, 
All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Um, so, you know, I'm, try- I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm trying to go to that. Like, because I'm... Okay, so my thought... Like, you want to be critical about the movie, yeah, but, but like, not, like, yeah, shit on it. Yeah, I'm trying not to beat the shit out of the movie. Like, I'm trying to really think that things that worked, but there, it's, it's bad. Like, it's weird. Oh, it's not weird. It's just, like, how do you, like, come off of, like, now not, not I'm saying Soderbergh's, um... Who did the second? I didn't have to say Soderbergh because he didn't do the second one, which is named Gregory Jacobs, right? Who uh-huh. did XXL. How do you not like look at X- XXL and be like, okay, let me try to improve on that? You don't want to like make a carbon copy or anything like that. You're supposed to try to improve on the sequel or at least kind of, if it's a continuation of the story, let's see how we can add a little bit more to it or something like that. At least make it more engaging. I have something positive to say. Oh, okay. They didn't use all the guys that they used in the last one. To, to me, that's a, that's definitely a negative. I think they could have been more involved. Mm-hmm. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to see them. They're all fucking old now, especially um, the one who played, what, Titan or whatever his oh, name Oh, Tarzan? Was. Tarzan. Uh, Kevin Nash. His name's not Kevin Nash. Keep calling him Kevin Nash. Um, but he's too fucking old. That's true. That's true. So like, it would have been nice to have some of them maybe show some things or be involved in the directing Oh, his um, name is actually Kevin Nash. I thought his name was something else. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Go on. It would have been nice to have them involved, like, in the making of whatever that show is. Yeah. Like, if he's like, no, I can't do this without my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, at least they could have brought back, like... Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer. Uh, Bomber Bomer. Bomer. Uh, I don't know. I think it's Bomer. Like that. Or or even, like, Joe Mangelino, who could have, like, yeah. added more to, like, the comedy of it. Because that was the one thing that, like, worked in the first two movies. Is like, there were... General, genuinely funny moments, especially in the second one. Mm. And Joe Mangelato has like this talent of like he he's, he has great comedic timing. Right. So I think it would I think it would have really worked, but I felt like they tried to put the comedy on top or the humor on top of the uh, what's his name, the butler, uh, Christopher Villers, who played Robert, and a little bit with uh, Jamele George. Uh-huh. They were supposed to be like the comedy reliefs. But they were too straight. They were too straight, you know? And, like, I don't know if there was, like, some miscommunication of, like, well, this is an American film, so let's try to have, like, some dry British humor in it. But, like, it just didn't mesh well. Not just that, but Magic, like, uh, Channing Tatum, Mm. he has, like, some funny comedic moments because Mm -hmm. he's really, like, he has a sharp wit. Mm -hmm. But he needs to bounce that off of somebody. Yeah. And that's why the other guys were mm. good for that. Yeah. So I'm saying the positive is they weren't dancing, but the negative is they weren't in the movie almost at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like one scene where he like he's in a he's in a Zoom conversation with all four of them, and like it's even like interrupted. Like before he can say like bye or anything, he like closed the laptop and was like, "That's it. It's the last time you see those guys." Yeah. Um. Another thing that I I think is definitely negative is that in the previous films, we we knew the dancers. Like the dancers had like these different type of personalities, so we got to like know them and see them like bounce off each other. This one, like we have down- dancers, but they're like faceless, nameless dancers. Yeah, like that's it. There's even like one dancer who like shows up from like Italy. Uh-huh. I can't, I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but I thought that was gonna be like either Tatum's like nemesis, f- nemesis or-, or the foil or something like that. Or, like, eventually, like, they have an understanding, and then, like, they're bouncing off each other and stuff like that. But, like, the, I don't think the dude even talks. No. <laughs> like, he just shows up, 
flippity dippity and shit like that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Max is like, he's Italian and he's hot. He's in the show. And Channing Tatum's like, all right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's And there's one part. I know I was going to say something positive. Oh, okay. Now I remember. Okay. So since we're in the spoiler section, um, what I was what I was alluding to in the non-spoiler section is, like I said, the last dance between Channing Tatum, this girl who's like, I'm sorry, this woman who's, I swear, I swear, her name in the IMDb page is Ballerina. She doesn't even have a name. No, seriously. Um, And like, it's like this dance of like, like I said, like with rainwater and then like all this water all over the place and everything. And it looks, it, I'm not going to lie, it looks pretty badass. Like, yeah, I it did, does. I did really enjoy it. However, it kept, like it was good until like it kept doing like these cross edits of like what happened earlier in the movie between Channing Tatum and like, and, and Selma um, some Hayek's character that was like really like kind of taking me out of it. Um, and th- they could have been, they could have been an easier way to like showcase that than like they're dancing and then cut to this or edit to this or I'm sorry, cut to this and back to dance and cut to this and back to dancing and shit like that. I think I, I agree with you on that, but mm. I also had an issue with the dance itself. Mm. Yeah, it looked badass. Like a yeah. lot of it was really great. But also, how many times can you slide across the fucking stage? I know, right? That's what they kept doing. Slide, slide, slide. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like it might like the whole stage was like a slipping like a huge slip and slide yeah. like toy. <laughs> so like I'm watching this and of course my mind's not in it mm. because I'm like God, they look like I'm sure they had so much fun doing that. Mm. Like I'm not focused on the dance. I'm just like, that looks like they had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like I would probably remember that for the rest of my life if I was Channing Tatum. Yeah. Or like, um, <laughs> or it, my mind was like, that's causing a lot of water damage. <laughs> yeah. And I also it came to a point where I was like, this dance could have been shorter because mm-hmm. they just kept doing the same shit over and over again the whole dance. Yeah. And I I feel like. Um, if they had gotten any of the OG dancers from, mm. um, what's that show? I used to love that, that show. I don't know. What's your, what's your show? The one with the dancing. So you think you can dance? No. Glee? No. Um, dance with the Stars? Yes. Oh, okay. That would have been better because... Wait, they, uh, what was the, what's the, what's the connection you had with it? Um, I'm saying if they had, if they had, um consulted with, with oh them. okay especially um julian huff's brother mm-hmm. he was like one of the best um and creative choreographers because mm-hmm. sometimes i mean they choreograph all their own dances but mm-hmm. also like they have towards the end of the season where they mm-hmm. need to fill up some space yeah they have some very like dances that they're able to do with their other professional partners mm-hmm. to like have a big spectacle and shit. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I just feel like they could have done that better. Yeah. Like, mm. than whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, there was also one thing that I, I, it was, it really threw me off. Um, where, like, in the previous films, they, like, they would have the dance number. It would, now, it wouldn't, it, I mean, the variation, there was different times of, uh, varying times of, like, how long the numbers would go. Or how it would be like, like edited and stuff like that. But you got a feel of like one, 
The dances were creative. And two, you got a feel of the audience. People cheering, throwing money, but you you felt the energy yeah. with that, right? And you feel that for some of the 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 big stage numbers mm-hmm. or the play and stuff like that, or whatever, the whole show, right? And that's why I was like, okay, cool. Like they're getting to the part that like really makes this movie like the selling point of these big dance numbers. And it does this fucked up thing where like um the the audio of the uh, audience goes away, uh-huh. and it's just music that just plays over everything, uh-huh. and it's it it just looks like a shitty music video. Yeah, yeah, which I was like, wait, I'm not getting like the energy, the feel of it, right? And they're just like dancing around the world. At one point, they're like dancing, and then like there's like the song just shifts really quick, and now they're wearing suits and they're doing more dancing, uh-huh. and I'm like. I have no idea what they were trying to do with any of this. Well, not just that, but let's yeah. we can actually talk about that for a second because yeah. um, the whole thing was that uh, I th- what was it was it Channing Tatum who was like like what do women want? They want to be given their freedom back. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Uh-huh. And like and then he's like, why do they have? Oh no. Then Salma Hayek's character uh-huh. was like, why do we have to choose between love and money? Like. There has to be more. Oh no, it's 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 the other way around. It was it was Summer High who said that, and then Chad Ting was like, "Why does she have to choose?" Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, and so okay, that's cool. They kind of do have finally something that they want to say. Mm-hmm. So they start the the dance number off with mm-hmm. the play that they were originally going to do. Yeah, it's about a it it the the message at the beginning is about female empowerment and what a woman really wants. You know. Not being told what she wants. Right. So it starts off with the woman being told what she wants. And then and <laughs> yeah. then her imagination comes to life. And mm. it's a pink unicorn. But you don't see the unicorn. Uh-huh. You just see the unicorn money. Yeah. And the unicorn is Shannon Tatum. <laughs> like his voice is. Yeah. And then the, the message gets lost because mm. they're just dancing. There's not really like a lot to say in between. Mm-hmm. Or even or anything that's really say... During the dance, yeah, that, that Selma Hayek's character was trying to say, like, this dance is supposed to convey something, right? Mm. So, when you get to the end of the movie, mm. and after he does that lo- that dance with the ballerina, yeah, where did the empowerment go? Like, first no, of all, right. where did the empowerment go? But also, are are we? I think sent the wrong message because mm. we as women are now being told. What you want is imaginary. <laughs> yeah. You can only get a by imaginary unicorn. Yeah. And uh-huh. that doesn't exist. Uh-huh. And it's just going to end for a free for all. And there's, there's, uh, there's water. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably your tears. <laughs> You're going to cry so much. I want it. I want to get what I want it. But instead, I just got tears. Yeah. Um, they should have, um, mm-hmm. They should have played um, that one song from Rihanna. Which song? Uh, I th- let me look up the name of it so I can get it. Um, Is it the Umbrella? No. Ella? Ella? <laughs> she Ella? actually did it for the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. She um, did like a lot of her, her, her hits on the uh, during the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, oh, so that character you're referring to. The okay, woman it's that- called Bitch Better Have My Money. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Because there's a part where she goes... Uh, give me what i want it mm-hmm. <laughs> and like so like to me like that those words alone would have been like yeah yeah give me what i want it yeah um 
yeah, the 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 woman you're referring to is Hannah. She's played by Juliet uh, Motem Moted Motemed Motemed. Thank you. Um, and 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 like she's the she becomes the MC at at one point. Um, but like even like when like because Jamie Pickett Smith plays the MC in XXL, and you got a sense that like. That was female empowerment. Yeah, you know, this this is what you would like. Women want this, and can we agree with you know women? Do you agree with this? And the women were like, yeah, you know. But it's it, for her, for mm. Jada Pinkett, it was almost like she was the madam of a brothel. Yeah, but and in like I feel like a lot of movies do it right with that, where mm. they're like, yeah, she's the madam, mm. and she just wants to help her the people under her. Mm make money and do it safely yeah and the hannah character was like let me like pump everybody let me pump all these women up for like the show they're gonna the show they're gonna get but in the end it's like i'm leading you guys to disappointment yeah <laughs> <laughs> being told what to do female empowerment is imaginary yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all in your minds and that's where it's gonna stay yeah this movie should have just stayed in our imagine an imagination yeah, like, exactly. Just never come out. Oh, um, also Sama Hayek. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. Uh, she has like um, she could be the female Punisher. How, how do you mean? With her voice. Go on. She seemed like she was struggling to speak. Oh, okay. I get you. I get. My mind went completely elsewhere. Of like, is she gonna kill me? And yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also like. Some of the way they did her hair, it was mm. just like, no, she didn't look good with that hair. But then they would do her yeah. hair a different way. I'm like, oh, she's fucking hot. Like, yeah, they, I don't know that even the costume design was kind of hit and miss mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie, but yeah. definitely the way she was talking, like her acting was stilted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some, I, and some of her is not known for stilted actress. She's like a legit actress. Yeah. But I think she also is in like pretty much semi-retirement too yeah she has she's gotten to a point in her life where like she's mainly like producing now yeah um she's she found somebody that she's like i think she lives like in london now uh-huh. you know she has like a husband with a couple of kids and everything she's to a point where she's like i don't really really need to work if i don't want to would you have preferred to see sama hayek like that character um with tandy newton instead i do <sighs> Because that's who was originally going to do it. Yeah. And she did a week of shooting and then had to quit the movie for, for like, a family emergency or something. Mm. I don't think either or could have saved the, saved the script or the movie. Yeah. I think both of them would have, like, I both of them would have, like, tried their best. But I think it would have just not had ended well for either of them. Gotcha. Um, um, and then this mm. movie, I guess, was originally supposed to be... Um, like I'm sorry. Mm. This is the first Steven Soderberg film mm. to be released exclusively in theaters since mm. uh, 2018. He did Unsane. Oh yeah, that was VOD. I remember he did. No, no, no. Uh, Unsane was in the theaters. The Laundromat came out in 2019. Oh, it was okay. only in theaters for I think like three weeks, and um, then it was on Netflix. So, so what you're saying is like this is like his first like feature um, in the theaters, exclusively. Like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Or like a uh, wide release. Yeah. Type of, okay, yeah, I get you. Because I remember he did. 
Like he did a number no, number of movies that went like straight to streaming or like there's like High Flying Bird, which uh-huh. was just Netflix. And I I thought that movie was actually really good too. It's, it is kind of convoluted. Like it takes you a minute to really follow what's going on. But mm-hmm. I remember watching that. And I was like, I'm totally digging this movie. Um, oh yeah, and this one is actually supposed to be a streaming only release to HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. Um, but then in September they're like, no, let's let's remove let's put it in theaters. Yeah, it it sure just went to exactly. HBO Max. Um, the only other thing that was in the trivia section, mm-hmm. uh, like in, in IMDb, was the only f- this is the only film in the entire Magic Mike trilogy not to feature any nudity. But I'm not sure about that. Well, I know the first one, you see Chantanum butt. But you see butt in this one. Well, I guess not like... Not really. Like You don't really see like actual... You see a lot of guys without their shirt on. Yeah. You know what? Maybe they're referring to like the fact they're like wearing thongs and stuff like that. Yeah, That's yeah. like borderline straight up nudity. Yeah. Um, so one more thing I, I wanted to talk about, um, just real quick, that I thought I had a huge problem with the narration. Oh yeah. That yeah. narration added nothing to this movie. Like at <laughs> all. And it's like, oh yeah, these two lovebirds, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into and mm. it was like magical and blah blah blah. Mm. But like what did you tell us that we didn't already see? Yeah, exactly. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and, it, and then it ends it kind of like, all right, that's the end. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but all in all, I didn't, God, I did not like this movie. It's like a huge disappointment. Yeah. Also, one last thing. Mm-hmm. That daughter, mm-hmm. she looked like she was old enough to watch the entire show because. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The show really didn't show anything that was like promiscuous well it was the whole thing is supposed to be promiscuous but especially the dances with those three old women yeah but to me that's like they only have their shirts off uh and the way media is today Mm. i guarantee you she's seen something similar somewhere else i mean not just that because like they do like a lot of like uh suggestive uh positions and stuff like that Uh and it's kind of like yeah i remember being in middle school and seeing like some vulgar shit yeah. And I was just like, and okay. this is a show and no one's actually doing anything and yeah. they only have their shirts off. So like Yeah, and it's like in a way it's it's trying to be classy, you know. Not I mean it, it fails it fails, but like I don't know, I got my mind I got into the mindset of, of the daughter like, yeah, like I've seen stuff like this. Like well, it's, also, my, it's just distracting that they mm-hmm. kept showing them out in the hallway and she's yeah. like, I'm bored. I'm like, Yeah, me too. I feel like I feel like <laughs> <laughs> All right, good on that. That's it. We should end on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what do we got next? Next, we're gonna. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. So, don't check out that movie. No, don't. Yeah. All, right. All, right. All right. All right. All right. All right. What do we got next? Uh, next, we're gonna do our variety time. do um franchises betrayed by their sequels yes and we're kind of going to be biting off of um a collider yeah it's a collider article came out in uh 2022 in april was it april yeah april 2022 um and the title is seven sequels i killed off uh budding franchises um (laughs) his name the writer's name look at it michael walsh you know a Michael Walsh. Do I? 
Who's Michael Walsh? My mom's husband. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, yeah. Well, you're like my mom's husband. I was like, my, oh yeah, the Michael Mike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> your your I'm mom's like, what? Your mom's husband wrote this article. <laughs> um, so yeah, just as like a like I said, like as we were just talking, like just reviewing Magic Mike's Last Dance and pretty much just hating it. Um, you know. We, we, you know, obviously this article is about like films that like just kind of kill the franchises. Um, so what? So the top of the list it goes. It talks about now you see me too. Um, now I want to add something a little bit more to that. Uh, now you see me three has been greenlit, but that's something that nobody was asking for, mm-hmm. like at all. Um, I've seen the first one; it was like passable, but I I didn't take the I didn't watch the second one because. I, I just wasn't feeling it. Like I was just like, why? Why would I want to watch this movie that I thought was all right at best? Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah, it says the third film was announced almost a year before the second film was released, but those plans are scrapped when uh, now you see me too underperform. Now they've they've changed that. The studio have changed that, and I believe it was announced like in September of last year, or maybe November, that they're uh-huh. going to do a part two. I'm mean, sorry, part three. Um, they're <laughs> like all right <laughs> whatever um one of the most famous ones is the amazing spider-man 2 uh now kelsey did you ever see amazing spider-man 2 i feel like we were supposed to leading up to like no way home but we were just like no we just watch like the key movies or something like that um spider-man 2 yeah <laughs> um i think i might have watched it mm-hmm it's like they all run together to me. I, I have a mm. hard time, like discerning one from two. Yeah, and this Spider Man from that Spider Man. Yeah. So I honestly, I probably <laughs> did. You'd be like, yeah, it was a uh, this Spider Man when it, it was Tom Holland Spider Man when he went up against Venom, and then like Doc Ock showed up, <laughs> <laughs> and then Jamie Fox fought against Venom. Like he's, he's just, like <laughs> meshing all these movies together. I mean. It kind of happens. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, 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 I do remember seeing. I've seen all the Spider-Man movies. I know that was like cat food. I said gone. Oh, I thought it was a cat running. No. <laughs> so I've seen all the Spider-Man movies, and I was okay with Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man. His take on Spider-Man. Uh-huh. It was very like millennial Spider-Man, like you know. Like I, I was like picturing that Spider-Man, but maybe like a little bit younger than Millennial, not not necessarily a Gen Zer, uh-huh. but like a couple years uh, younger than for like a typical Millennial, Millennium, Millennial, excuse me, Millennial. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, and the funny thing is like with Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Two, they were like setting like the Sinister Six to show up. There's uh-huh. like an after-credit scene where you see like these suits that like these characters are gonna win. Uh, I mean, where? And it it was so bad. It just Sony was like, "Fuck it, we gotta have a mulligan on this shit." Yeah. Um, and also another thing that had happened uh, during the press release or the press tour for Amazing Spider-Man Two was that um, Andrew Garfield was supposed to do like a press event. I think maybe like in London or in France or something like that. And when he landed, he was like sick. Like really fucking sick to the point where like he's like I can't I can't do it because I'm just constantly throwing up or whatever right. Uh-huh. 
Sony, being Sony, got pissed off and was like, that's it. You're no longer Spider-Man. That was the reason why? Yeah. And they, and they tried to spin it as like, Andrew Garfield was like, very upset with the role. You know, he was on a team player. You know, we were always thinking about maybe passing, you know, passing the mantle to somebody else. And here's the thing. Andrew Garfield, He's he was very passionate about the char- character. He was so passionate that he came back and, spoiler warning, he came, he came back for No Way Home. Um... His thing was just like, he was just being critical. He was just like, this is not how I want the character to go. Like, I felt like it should have been different. You know, every actor or actress has the right to be like, it should have been like, I don't, I don't fully agree with what was happening. Right. And so he just took it as like, oh, he's just talking mad shit. We're going to get rid of him. <laughs> nice. I know, right? Or they could just make better movies. It's so they just don't. It's so Um It's like they try to be like canon. <laughs> No, but no. they're not even close. Don't, don't besmirch the, the. No, I'm not world saying they're canon. like canon. I'm uh, saying they're making bad movies. Like they want to be like them. Yeah. But canon's films were like good, bad. Yeah, they're good. But Sony is just like, giving my money back. Yeah, like with canon, <coughs> there's still passion, passion in the story or in the filmmaking. It just sometimes it just goes a little too bonkers or. Not everybody's behind it, you know. Like, actually, um, they get like posthumous love, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just just uh, recently, uh, as recently as like last Saturday, um, I showed Kelsey uh, Stallone's uh, Cobra, uh-huh. Stallone's Clo- Cobra, and I was like, I forgot it was a canon film, uh-huh. and so with a canon logo, I was like, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> But I remember Kelsey and I, well, I, I grew up watching that movie, really enjoyed it, and I'm assuming Kelsey enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next on the list is Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tells. Who's that guy in the picture? J- that's uh, Javier Bardem. Is it? Yep. That does not look like him to me. I did not waste time watching this movie. The Pirates of the Caribbean's film were just getting worse and worse. I think I saw the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this which one? The third one? This was the latest one. Yeah, um, I think I saw the third one even, but I didn't go past that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, and I agree, it started, it started going downhill when they got where, uh, the Orlando Bloom and the Kira Knightley character were no longer part of the movie, the franchise. Um, so the article reads, uh, the third film, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, at World's End created a problem for Disney because the story of the main characters, Will, or played by Orlando Bloom and Elizabeth, played by Kira Knightley, were wrapped up. It made sense. You figured, like, when that move that story ended... That's that's it because the Jack Sparrow character was like a side character. Yeah, but like they came back and did like a Jack Sparrow movie, which I that I remember seeing, and it was garbage. Yeah, and when they did another one with that character, it was like why? Like not I didn't really hear hear people liking the uh, Jack Sparrow solo movie. Uh huh. But they did another one, <laughs> <laughs> and like they've been trying to like re. They've been trying to like bring back the franchise. I remember um, there was uh, news that Margot Robbie was gonna was gonna star in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but uh-huh. as recently as maybe like well not as recently, but like I think maybe a month or two ago, they were just like, "No, nah, we're not gonna do that at all." Well, no, because they're like, "How do we make this work with Johnny Depp being in the news?" <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I kept like they kept kind of going back and forth like do we bring them back do we not you know all that kind of stuff or can we just like build off of like the star power of margot uh it's margot roby margot roby and they're just like nah we can't we can't do that um 
This one I was personally offended by. Solo, a Star Wars story. Why? <sighs> I thought you didn't like it that much. Yeah, that's why it offended me. Oh, I thought you were offended that it's on the list and <laughs> no, you like the movie. No, it offended me because the movie exists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended that, because I didn't watch it. I'm offended that uh-huh. uh, Donald Glover is in this movie. And oh, he- it sucked. <laughs> And it was like the only good thing in this yeah. movie. And it sucked because I I, I remember it's probably not going to happen. Oh, no. Is it happening? Yeah, yeah. They were supposed to do like a Lando Calrissian movie. Uh-huh. And there's a, they're doing a TV show instead. Uh-huh. But there's no word of like Donald Glover's coming back. I wish he would. I hope he does. He's, he's, his time is getting freed up. Like, because he's no longer, he's he has like one more child's Gambino album, and Atlanta's done, and he's kind of like in the writing producer type field right now. Uh-huh. So, like, I would want him to come back for the for the show, because like, that was like the only good thing about that movie. Yeah. Um, I will admit. And he was in Magic Mike XL. Oh, XXL. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I will admit that. I didn't. Let me find the actor's name. His name's not even on the in the article. Oh, the one who in the picture. Yeah. Um, so the actor. Um, also, I feel like the the um, Chewbacca costume looks weird. Um, it, doesn't, it looks like he has like a weird head. Alden Enrichai. Enrich. <laughs> Can you spell it? E H R E N R E I C H. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Eric Nick. Uh, 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 and I know another thing that kind of was going to get there's there were several things that were going against this movie. One was that um, the the main actor Elden Alden, um, he was playing an iconic role. Whenever somebody thinks of Han Solo, it's instantly Harrison Harrison Ford. You like you have to match it. Yeah, you have to match like that person, like not necessarily the personality, but you got to see, you got to see the start of that personality and where it will go. Right. Um, and so what happened was like that was already going against it. Another thing that was going against it was the trouble, the trouble production, where there was Phil Lore and Chris Miller who were both directing this movie, and at the last minute, I think it was Kathleen Kennedy took them out of. They were like. I think like ninety percent like done making this movie right, uh-huh. and at like I said last minute, uh, uh, the producers like I said I think it might have been Kathleen Kennedy was just like nope and took him away and was like have Ron Howard start directing this movie, <laughs> and you can tell it's like a jumbled mess. You're just like you can tell he just tried to put the movie together as best as he could. Uh-huh. Um, they should have hired Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, that would that would make it fun. Yeah, that would have been fun. Um, yeah, from stories from stories that I heard was that Phil Lord and Chris Miller were like they were doing a lot of improvisation with the with the acting. It was kind of more of a comedy than like a Star Wars film, like all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I really want to see that version if it like exists somewhere. Gotcha. I really wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, but like, yeah, this kind of killed like plans for like a Boba, Boba Fett solo film. Um, I mean, that later got turned into a series, which didn't do well either. <laughs> which sucked, because you were really looking forward to that. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, I guess it's all right. Let me go back to The Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one's X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Fuck, that movie is shit. 
like real hot garbage. Um, it was so bad that at the time this movie was was coming out, they were going to do a, another because it was they were going to do this X Men origin kind of like series, uh-huh. and the next one was supposed to be Magneto. Uh-huh. And the X Men Origins Wolverine was so garbage. They were like, "Let's just go ahead and cancel that. <laughs> we're not doing that." Fortunately, uh, James Mangold came back and uh, that came back. James Mangold took uh, control of the X Men, um, sorry, the Wolverines franchise, and made uh, the Wolverine, which is good, except that third act, and then Logan, which is like a great film. Uh, <laughs> the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I don't. Even, I didn't even know this existed. It's so bad that the lead that the lead actress Rachel Rachel Weisz was like, "I'm not coming back for this, like <laughs> at all." Yeah, Jet Li was in it. Michelle Yeoh was in it. That definitely killed that franchise. Yeah. Um, then they tried to bring it back with Tom Cruise, and it flopped. Oh, again. I remember that. <laughs> Ooh. Um. And then one of the most well-known franchise killers, Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. With the nipples. <laughs> Kelsey, what did you say about this movie when, when we when we watched them for uh, preparations, preparations for the Batman? I don't remember. You were mad at me. Like, you were just like, why did you make me watch that fucking movie really yeah i remember because i because I, I remember that we watched we just watched the first movies of each different batman like we watched uh michael keaton val kilmer um george clooney i think you would have watched like dark knight before watching batman begins or something like that uh-huh. i don't remember what i said but i do remember being like i was like why are you showing this to me <laughs> like i got i think i got irritated because um it was so angsty mm-hmm like the whole thing, the Batman and Robin or, or Dark Knight. Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. Like Robin was like a fucking teenager, like a horny teenager. Yeah. Um, from I remember George Clooney had said, I mean, out of like all the ridiculousness that happened, George Clooney said in an interview, he said they made that movie because they wanted to sell toys. Like, oh yeah, that was it, and it, it really comes off like that. But also, like, don't toys sell better if the movie is good? You can make toys out of anything if you really put your effort into it. Like I remember, there's like RoboCop. That's a, a like almost like a hard R violent movie. Toys, uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Toys, Aliens. <laughs> toys. I'm not even joking. Like they're actually toys of these of these very adult rated R violent movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I I I think I remember reading that like Joe Schumacher, like the studio got really involved in like his in directing the movie or like give him notes. Um, and it's it's it is a callback to the, like the campiness of Adam West's Batman, uh-huh. but like it was the wrong time to do that. Yeah, and it got so bad they fucking nuked the franchise. There was gonna be a fourth Batman movie, they fucking nuked it. Yeah, and they were like, let's just kind of restart this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're looking forward to a sequel in particular. Which one? Indiana Jones. Oh. <coughs> oh, after the god awful uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, uh-huh. um, it didn't. End, it almost kind of ended the franchise. Yeah, they were gonna kind of like not kind of. They were supposedly gonna give the franchise to Shia, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Yeah, and he Who ta- married your fine f- uh, favorite actress, or maybe might oh, have me, married oh, Mia her. Goth? Yeah, 
Yeah, they were going to, the story goes, they were going to give it to Shia LaBeouf. And he talked so much shit about that movie, a Steven Spielberg movie, that they were like, Spielberg was like, nope, you're not taking this now. Well, it wasn't good. I mean. I know, but they even though it wasn't good, they were still planning on doing like another one with Shia LaBeouf. Uh-huh. And they were just like, no, nah, we're not giving that. So now there's, I think it's called Destiny of Time is the latest Indiana Jones movie. Uh, every time I watch that trailer, I like want to start tearing up because I'm like, this is an Indiana Jones movie. Like, I wonder what they would with. call it though if they gave it to um, Shia LaBeouf. No, um, Bridgers. Oh, uh, Phoebe Bridgers Waller. Yeah, I don't think she would. I don't think they would give her the. Fr- I'm not saying they won't. I don't. I don't think she wants it because she's busy. She's like yeah. writing, producing. She has other projects. I don't think she would want to do a, a franchise for film, some reason or take take over it. Lena Dunham. Her brain. Lena Dunham. Why the girl is... from Girls? No, wait. What... Oh, Lena. No, that's. I know you know. I think who you think about Lena. Lena Hetty. No. Um. Hold on. Let me see. Mm. Never mind. Who are you? Who are you looking for? I was looking for Lena Dunham, and I'm like, no, that's not who I thought it was. Oh, okay. Who'd you if think they would have just gave it to somebody who was as capable as, mm-hmm. um. Phoebe Bridger Waller or whatever, mm. she then they could give it to somebody who wasn't as busy. Like, um, for a while, uh, a lot of people wanted Chris Pratt to take to take the mantle. Uh-huh. Um, but everybody, but there was also the other side side of the argument, which is like he's just doing Star Lord, but like with a wit. Yeah, yeah, but like, which I mean, it's kind of Harrison Ford. He's got a solo with a wit. Yeah. Um. One person that I did hear was interested, and I I could I could definitely get behind this. Bradley Cooper. Ooh. I thought Bradley Cooper would have done like a great job, but once again, Bradley Cooper he's like getting up there in age. He's, he's like getting too old, and now he's like I'm writing, I'm directing, I'm my, I'm I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to take over a franchise. Yeah. So I don't know. These are all bad sequels, and kind of glad they did die. <laughs> going to do our geriatric cinematic of Ellen Parker's fame. This is no Mickey Mouse school. You're not getting off easy because you're talented. You work twice as hard. Now, I don't care how well you dance or uh, how cute you are or how many colored tutus you have. If you don't give your academic subjects equal time, you're out. For Coco, it's the stardom. For Ralph, it's a chance. For Leroy, it's survival. For Lisa, it's the dance. Bruno, this is our big chance, man. Don't you want success? They've got nothing in common but a dream. So you want to be an actor, huh? Yeah, sure want to be an actor. Judy, Judy, Judy. A dream that one day the whole world will know their name. Because I'm going to be a dancer. A good dancer. You know who says so? Me. A dream of fame. This film came out in 1980, and the synopsis is a chronicle of the lives of several teenagers who attend a New York high school for students gifted in the performing arts. Directed by Alan Parker, written by Christopher Gore, it stars Irene Cara, Barry Miller, Paul McCrane, Jean Anthony Ray, Maureen Teefy, and Lee Carreri. So, Fang. 1980. Never saw this movie. Me either. I heard about it, but I also heard uh, it was 
like good, bad. Um, been curious about it, but I just never took the time to watch it. I, I probably because I'm like, like I've said multiple times on this podcast, I'm not like a big musical fan, uh-huh. a big like type of like fan dance theater type of uh, fan or anything like that. So that's why I was, it didn't interest me until we decided to do it for the podcast. Um, also, I'll say that I was kind of iffy on this one mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure if it would really match mm-hmm. with Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it really matches with the third one, like not. Oh, the uh, last last dance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not because it's bad or anything, but just because like of the auditioning parts, I guess. <laughs> well, Kelsey kind of buried the lead. <laughs> what did you think about this movie? I didn't bury the lead. Uh, yeah, you said the word bad. Like I thought you were saying bad in reference to fame. No. Oh, okay. Bad, like. The Magic Mike one. Ah, uh, okay. All right, all right, all right. So let's start, start over. Take two. <laughs> but as for usual, no one gives a shit about my opinion. Uh-huh. The most important part is, what did Kelsey think about this? I liked this movie. Did you? Yeah. I, I take it you did not. <laughs> nope. 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 But you, but you go ahead. You you say why you like this movie. I had a bit of a hard time with the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it was really good, though. And mm. then um, some of the energy, especially when they're, like, in their first year of school, is, mm. like, too frantic for me. Yeah. But as time goes on, they start maturing through the film. Mm. And I really start to get into their stories and, mm, like, okay. why they are the certain ways that they are. Yeah. And I remember you saying that you hated Ralph and you would hope that he would just die. Fucking hated that guy. He was, like, ugh. However... He did grow on me because when he started, like, when he started, um, uh, bringing his walls down, uh-huh. I was like, okay. And you right, can I'll, kind of see why he's like, yeah, I, I putting st- up a front, basically. Yeah, I, I started to enjoy the character. Um, Doris, who played by Maureen Teffy, uh, Teffy, um, I didn't like her at the beginning, uh-huh. but then when she started finding like her voice of and her personality, I was like, all right. I'm liking this character. He's, you know, she's doing good. She's doing good. But there was not enough Bruno. Definitely not enough Bruno. And I connected with that dude so hard. Not enough Coco. Which I feel like, why would you name her Coco? And she's, like, brown. Like, um, to me, that's a little, like... Too on the nose. On the nose and maybe, like, a little bit racist. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I felt like... You're right. I, I felt like they could have had more Coco in this, in this movie. And who's Montgomery? Montgomery is oh he's the redhead guy the one with the the guy who you don't find out was gay who was in love oh, with his therapist yeah. yeah I really liked him too I did like his character I but he also doesn't add enough to the story later on well I one thing I like one of the things I thought was was not explained well enough is like Coco Coco is she's she's like a dancer and I she's like multi talented right and there's Leroy who's like a dancer an art artful dancer there's Doris wants to become an actress. There's um, Ralph who is who wants to be an actor, but he finds his calling in like comedy. Uh-huh. There's Bruno who's like multi talented, like uh, synthesizer and like piano. He can, he can play all the instruments basically. Yeah, Montgomery 
what was like he into? I never got understand what acting. he was. Was he, it acting? He, he was in acting with Doris in the beginning. No, I know that. I know he was in the acting class. Some of them were in acting classes who had no I, no passion to be in acting. They were just taking it for like a course. But like the movie, just like with his character, it's just more gotten to like th- these are the things that's like he these are his issues. Uh huh. But like it was kind of like why was he in that school? Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't think they conveyed that well enough. I think they were like, who cares why he's in this school? We have him here because he's gay. And we want to talk I about know. that. I know. We want to fill a quota or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, what else did you like about this movie? Um, I liked some of the music. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. Yeah. Some of the crazy dance scenes and music scenes are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the one in the, the cafeteria. Yeah, I that one. I think that has to be like my favorite dance number because you felt the energy. You were like, "All right, this is gonna be the movie." I'm but totally I also this. like that Doris. And I think it was Doris and Montgomery were out in the hall. They're like, oh, yeah, they're, yeah, this is too much for me. Like, what the fuck? I feel like <laughs> I feel like you were you would have been the Doris character. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, and then the one where they all went outside. <laughs> I like that one because everyone's like. <laughs> Why are you in the street? I know. That kind of annoyed me. Well, okay. There's two reasons why it annoyed me. One was it happened out of fucking nowhere. Uh-huh. Right? Like, the Bruno's dad shows up in the taxi with, like, speakers playing his son's music. Uh-huh. And the people were just like, oh, there's music. da 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 Like, they just, like, start going out dancing. Right? Yeah, but because they were, like, in a bigger environment than in a room, you could yeah. really see some of the people and they're dancing. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, the other part that annoyed annoyed me, and this is this is the uh, this is the this is the mark that's getting up there in age, uh-huh. where like if I was on the street driving my car and everybody start doing this dance number out of fucking nowhere and not even in sequence, they're just like move, move, dance, like all over the place. Uh-huh. I'll be like, yo, move your f- move. I can get to work. <laughs> and then there were some people who were dancing like. Yeah, just flailing their like arms flailing around. and yeah. their their bodies like wiggle wormy. I'm like, what? Who dances like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leroy was the black guy, right? Yeah, he was the one who couldn't read. He bothered me. Okay, why did he bother? Because he was kind of an asshole, mm-hmm. and it didn't go anywhere. Like, um, like, yeah, like, my, like, uh, Ralph was an asshole. Mm-hmm. You hated him more than I did because I felt like he was an asshole for a reason. Mm-hmm. Leroy didn't have a reason mm-hmm. except. Like the system failed him, and yeah. like throughout the film, I was hoping mm. that that English teacher who didn't like him mm-hmm. would kind of be like, "I can see where your problems yeah, are coming and put from." Put more effort in like helping him, but it never happens. Yeah. And I'm like, so he's just annoying this entire time, and they yeah. threatened him. They threatened to kick him out of the school for four years, and they yeah. didn't do it. Like, yeah, and like the teeth, like, and that could have been like a that could have been a really good moment between him and the um. And the teacher who, uh, let me find her name, who she was, uh, her name and who she was played by. Um, so, uh, it was, also it was Mr. Sherwood played by Anna, uh, Mara. Um, yeah, she, her, her, like they could, that was an opportunity to like show another side of the story of like people, like a guy who's from like an under, underprivileged, uh, neighborhood or family. Like there's even a part where like they show that he's like homeless. Mm-hmm. He just like walks the street at night and stuff like that. And he's like tries to read. So they could have had like this moment of she's like, uh, and I know this would have kind of been like the white savior mentality, but it's like the 80s and they could have like worked around it or some shit. Uh-huh. But it, 
It could have been like a... Well, uh, it also would have been okay because it's a teacher. It's not like yeah. a rando, like, white person who's like, yeah. let me help you because I feel bad for you. Yeah, like, I've had I've had white teachers who push me to be like, you, like, your talent is here. I believe in you. You can do it. And that's all I needed to hear. Like, okay, someone believes in me. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, instead, like, they had Mr. Sherwood just like, you need to read. You're going to fail. Uh, where's your assignment? You and, speak like I do. Yeah, and there's even a part where like she literally throws a book at him and like read this. It's Othello. You'll get it. And it's like he can't read. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was a missed opportunity. And then like they, and then like they try to have like an understanding between the characters when her husband is sick, and he like goes to see her, and he's like, uh, Leroy comes to see Miss Sherwood, and he's like. I have an opportunity to be here at this dance, uh, this dance company, and you're gonna fail me. And he's like ragging on her, and she's like, "My husband is dying. Can we talk about this later?" <laughs> she's like in tears. Yeah, and she says something like, uh, "Like, do you care about anybody other than yourself?" And he goes quiet, and it's like this kind of like oh shit moment. Like, okay, he he never thought about that. Then they hold sit down and hold hands, <laughs> and like, and that's it, and that's it, that's it. Like, what happened? <laughs> Did he get into the dance company? Like, what the fuck happened? You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that's one of the stories I did not like. <laughs> um, I really did like the montage in the beginning of all the people auditioning. I liked that. It was that was funny. I was really getting behind that. I feel like some of it went on a little bit too long, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um. Towards the end of the movie, I really liked seeing, like, where people ended up. Or, like, where they were, at least. And, and they had yeah. grown or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like Ralph Ralph's story was one of the hard, hardest hitting for me. How, how so? Um, because he, he's, like, kind of trying to be funny, but he does it at other people's expense. Mm-hmm. But behind the scenes, you can know that he's, like, really poor. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have a father. Mm. Um, his little sister gets raped and like or yeah. messed with at least. Yeah, yeah, and that the fact that like his his father's not around because um, he like violently uh, he would like beat the shit out of his kids. And I mean, there's other reasons well, but Ralph goes into detail of like, yeah, he like I think he says something like he like the father like smashes like little sister's head through into like the a, wall into the wall and stuff like that. And Ralph feels. Um, uh, he feels like he's the cause of it or he's responsible for it and everything. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's like these moments of like, okay, cool. And th- like I said, that's why I started liking the character because like he starts revealing more of why he's like ragging on people, why he's trying to be funny. But then I kind of saw him at the end and I was like, I wonder if Mark can relate to him now. Uh, how do you mean? Like, because um, you sometimes will bring up about how different people are really great creators, but they drink too much. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes they spiral and mm. they never come back yeah and um and that happened to ralph yeah because he he kind of was like on his way mm-hmm. and he fucked it up yeah because he was drinking and he like i think he was too painful mm. like there's too much shit happening in his life and he started liking alcohol a little bit too much because yeah. it helped him and then he was like that was it he was done yeah you know what yeah i can 
I mean, now that you point that out, yeah, I can definitely relate to that because that's how I used to approach my writing uh-huh. or my creativity was like, if I'm drunk or high, that's when like I have my inhibitions are gone. My self-doubt is gone. So I'm going to go ahead and just like go like on something on a project. Right. And then, you know, a fear and loathing in Las Vegas exists. And that's a prime example of, yeah. well, this is fine because that's how this person made it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I would look back at the stuff I wrote or put together. I was like, what in the fuck is any of this? <laughs> this is like the raving of a, of a madman. Well, like you like to say, uh, a drunk man's thought, uh, Oh, a drunk uh, man's thoughts is a sober man. Oh, sorry. A drunk man's words are sober man's thoughts. Yeah, exactly. So obviously you thought they were great at some point. You know what? Side story. There was one time I took shrooms. <laughs> And I was hanging out with my friends, and I took shrooms, and we were um, we were hanging out in the garage, and we we're waiting for it to kick in. And one of my friends was like, "Oh, let's like watch like some trippy stuff, right?" So he put on um, the White Stripes, Seven Nation Army. Uh-huh. He put on the video, right? And I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of intense." But I was just like not really feeling it. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons I don't do shrooms is I feel really weird. I feel awkward. I'm like I don't want to be where I'm at. You don't like that natural. Like I'm not a natural high person. I like I like the chemical kind, like yeah. acid or ecstasy, um, and a few other stuff I won't mention. Um, but yeah, like I told him, I was like, "Hey guys, this isn't really hitting me. I'd rather just kind of go home, you know, right now." Um, fortunately, uh, I was with my kids, my kid's mother at the time, and she lived like down the street. <laughs> so i i got to I got to her place. I didn't have to drive far. I got to her place. Um, and I told, and I, she was like, oh, you're back already? And I told her, like, oh, I took some shrooms. And she's like, well, just, like, just lay down. Like, you know, I'm trying to sleep. Just, like, lay down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I think I, I should still have it. So I grabbed one of my notebooks, and I just was, like, writing. Right? <laughs> passionately, right? And I remember writing so hard that the pen that I was using it was almost cutting into the paper. Uh-huh. And it was just, like... <laughs> Like I think just, you showed me that book. I, I I probably did. And I was like, going in town. I don't remember what I was writing about. Maybe something about, like, fuck the system or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I looked back at it, and I was like, what in the fuck was I <laughs> I kind of want to find that. I still have my notebooks. I, I Maybe I should, like, look for it and see if it, <laughs> to see what the hell I wrote. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but back to the Ralph character. Yeah, like and and now thinking about it, yeah, I could I could definitely relate to that guy, especially like the use of like alcohol to be like disinspired. If I if I drink, I can write better. Uh-huh. And as I got older, I was just like, that's a really bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I didn't like this movie uh, for a few reasons. One of them was that, as Kelsey said, um, we're not we're not given enough story with some of these characters um and the movie sets up as like these are going to be the main characters these will be the stories that you follow right uh-huh. but like there are characters that like stuff starts happening and then they're dropped off and we don't see them to like the end of the movie I mean, a perfect example was like bruno right bruno is butting heads with his, his uh music teacher he's kind of like he's he's his passion is like you don't need a, a team to make music. It can just be one man with all these skills and everything. Right? Uh-huh. Case in point, David Bowie, Prince, just kind of, especially Prince. Um, and the teacher was like, 
that's just, it, it, one point teacher says like that's not art that's masturbation yeah which I thought was pretty funny I was like well he kind of has a point there right yeah and then when we, we see Bruno like connecting his machines all, and he like plugs into one outlet burns out the circuit breaker and that's it we don't see him until like the end where he's playing a piano. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they finally broke him. Yeah. Because I think at one point they were trying to teach him the violin mm. and he was like, I can't do it. Yeah. Like not just like I can't do it, but just like I don't want to do it. This is not this is not what I want to learn. Yeah. Like I can't fit in whatever system this is. Yeah. And then another another case in point is Leroy and um, the character of Lydia, uh, who's played by Debbie Allen. Um, let me make sure that's actually the character. I feel like I might be wrong. No, no, okay, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Not Debbie Allen. Um, God, where is it? Where is it? Okay, sorry. Hillary, played by Antonia, looks like Frances, Franceschi? Franceschi? Uh-huh. Um, she comes in as, like, the nemesis of, like, Coco. Because uh-huh. she wants to steal Leroy and everything. And she kind of comes up with, like... She kind of comes off as, like, this know-it-all, smarmy type of uh, ballet dancer or ballerina. Uh-huh. She uses Leroy to, like... Piss off her parents. Piss off her parents. They go into the room. And then we don't see her again for a while. And then... You see, when you see her again, she's crying. She's talking about, like, a a future that she wants to have. And at the end, she's like, that's why I have to get an abortion. Uh Uh-huh. And it's kind of like, wait, what? Like, we know, like, there's her and Leroy, but, like, like, what happened between the Leroy thing, between the the bedroom thing, and then, like, the the pregnancy thing? Well, what happened is they were fucking the whole time. Like days. No, for the hour that we were watching the movie. No, I think no, I think they were fucking for months between the semester. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, like okay, like they just, and you know what? I don't think she was even at the graduation. Maybe she couldn't go through with it. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. And also, I'm kind of happy that they didn't uh, pair or ship, as the kids like to say, mm-hmm. Coco and Leroy. Because honestly, yeah. it was kind of weird that Coco didn't want that other character to have Leroy mm-hmm. when she was clearly into Bruno. I yeah, you're right. I like there's a scene where Coco is uh, singing it and playing the piano, and Bruno is like listening to her, and Bruno was like, "Oh, that was like," he goes, "That was really beautiful." So you can see that connection being built. And it like it just goes nowhere. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. The Montgomery character. What about um, what about Doris and her mother? Uh, that one I didn't mind because we're getting more of that background between. Oh, I now remember because the mother is very controlling. And it's like, my daughter's talented. She's going to be a singer and everything like that. And we see, like, Doris's home life of, like, just how controlling she, her uh-huh. mother is. And then we've seen Doris, like, um, evolving, finding uh-huh. her voice and everything like that. And then she even, like, comes in a confrontation between her and her mother mm-hmm. to tell her, like, I'm not. She even says, like, I'm not even Doris. I'm, like, debutante or some shit like that, uh-huh. right? Um, and the mother has to accept that. Well, it's not debut- debutante is actually a word that No, no, I know. Yeah, I it's know. It's like but, diva for people of the south. No, no, I know that, but I think she actually I, I feel like she, it's something similar. Yeah, she, she had like a French name or something yeah, that she yeah. gave herself. Yeah, exactly. Um 
Yeah, and then like let me I, I wanna find it though. Her name she changed her name to I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I what I was okay, Do- there we go. Dominique Dupont. Oh, yeah. That's what she was calling herself, right? And I was like, okay, cool. She, like, shed the doors. Like, Dominique Dupont yeah, debutante. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I thought it was that. Uh, and her mother, like, has, has to accept that. So that part I did like. I, I And this here's the thing. I felt like during the writing process, um, what's the cast name? Uh, Christopher Gore. Uh, Christopher Gore had like a like what he was writing, as in like, all right, these are the characters we're gonna follow, and then he just like focused it on the Ralph character, the Montgomery character, and the Doris character, and was like all the other characters were like just afterthoughts. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what kind of like really fucks up this movie, and that's one of the reasons I was just like I don't like this movie at all. I still like it, but you know. I think that it depends on what lens you're watching the movie through. Mm-hmm. So. I watched it from a lens that was very clean. And cynical. And cynical and can see the bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, it's not, it's, you know, the music, I enjoyed some of the music. I <clears throat> I did enjoy some of the performance and the characters, but like other than that, I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling this movie. You know, I feel like... Somehow, mm-hmm. usually you're the one who's too positive about something. Like, I know what they were trying to do. I'm like, who gives a shit? They failed. <laughs> and I feel like we switched. <laughs> yes. I mean, you and I, can, you and I can both see eye to eye on, on my, Mag, uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance. But this one, we're like, rolls switched over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Kelsey, do you think this film still holds up? I don't think it does, and I don't mm. think most people would enjoy it these mm-hmm. days. And it feels like something you would almost show at, like, you know, one of those shows, one of those movies that they would show you in school. Uh huh. Oh yeah. It feels like that to me. Well, kind of. I mean, there's there's the part that happens with Coco where she meets a pornographer. Yeah, like she can't. Obviously, you can't show it in school. I guess. Yeah. Unless you can edit that part out. I yeah, and I think I, I I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, but I'll add a certain group. I feel like theater kids would love this movie. Theater kids and musical kids, yeah, would love this movie. I'm, and I was in choir, yeah, and yeah. I made like select choir and and competed, yeah. So, but like, other than that, I don't think it holds. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it fucking holds up. Um, I think okay. I think one aspect does really hold up is because the movie kind of circles around failure. Uh-huh. And I think that's like a timeless tale of like learning from your failures and yeah. trying to try to become a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? No. All right. So that's going to be it for our show for this week. We would like to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Um, we would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, check out yourentertainmentcorner.com. Um Drop us an email at therealappeal at gmail.com. That's real with two E's. Uh, you can find our podcast on all podcast catchers. And don't be afraid to uh, give us a review on any of those podcast catchers so we can you know, get noticed. So next week. What is it, like three weeks in a row? We recorded an episode? We recorded it? Uh-huh. Wow. Must be some type of record now. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this uh, next week's show, uh, we're going to be reviewing uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, Quantumanium. Um, or Quanti, Quantumania. Sorry. Quantumania. Yeah. Um, that is in theaters Friday, February 17th. With that, our geriatric cinematic is going to be Inner Space 1987. Mm-hmm. I really can't wait to show Kelsey this movie because it's fucking bonkers. The best year ever. You know what? We're not going to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can find uh, Inner Space available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube, uh, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Uh, the topic for that week's episode is, it's really bigger on the inside? That sounds so dirty. <laughs> I almost would have made the topic uh, feeling small in this big, big world. That sounds kind of sexy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, Yours felt creepy and mine know, felt right? sexy. Mine's supposed to be like a, a reference to like Doctor Who, but people who don't watch Doctor Who are like, ew. <laughs> well, this one sounds more like this is the inside of a big dick. Yeah. <laughs>